December 15, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
Live from Pedro Show. Started off with John Coltrane winning his nine months with Thelonious Monk people. This is when he kicked the shit. And uh, I mean, he goes back to play with Miles, another shift. But then he goes on to his own thing. So very important. And it's Blue Monk Live. And then uh, Gareth Sager after that. High Wasters Hanging Low from his brand new record. And yeah, quit Quarantino Mode. Brother Matt at the Love Grotto, a couple miles south. Pleasure point. But I am not totally man alone because of the wonders of those Estonian software engineers with their righteous Skype invention. I got Gareth Sager with me in London. Hi, kids. Hi, kids. <laughs> yeah. How's it happening in the real world? The real world, you know? Yeah. Right, in the real world. And we've been uh, cheating a little bit, people. We were talking ahead of going on air, so you haven't got to hear all of our conversation. Yeah, you said you don't want to hear that crap. (laughs) (laughs) From my side. From my side. (laughs) Right, right. Now, now, high wasters hanging low. Right, well, uh, do you know what a pair of high wasters is? Oh, Oh, you mean like pants? Yeah, double meaning, baby. Like you said earlier, you use a knife to stab your best mate or cut the steak. That's right. Okay, okay. Or cut rope. Yeah. Uh, if we, you we, look we... at David Bowie on Soul Train in about 1974, he's wearing a classic pair of high waisters. Oh, and that's, okay. that's what all us people that went on to become punk rockers, that's what all we that's what we were wearing before punk rock. Now we you're like the, the belt is like right below your tits, right? <laughs> and the zippers yeah. I seen those I, pants. I think it was how many buttons it had. The the, the 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 waistband on really extreme ones had, you know, four buttons on one side and four on another. So it is literally you're right, just below your tits. Right. And in the and zippers. Pair, I remember you had a pair of six-inch platform boots at the bottom of it that still only made me five foot eight. So, <laughs> so I remember seeing these uh, pants in the thrift stores. They would have zippers that were like a fucking foot long because they were so high up there. Now, what well, we had a we had a slang word for if you showed your socks because you held your pants real high, and those were called oh. high waters. Right. Well, they, they, you, these yeah, high waisters have a really you know, wide all the way down from the hips, down to your, your platform boots. As I said, if you look at all, um, Bowie's got the best best pair ever on a, a version of Soul Train. Um, but everybody, everybody wore them and went dancing to soul music in Bristol. Um, but I know London, I know Steve Jones and the Sex Pistols guys were into a sort of similar sort of scene. So um, it was, you know, not so much Northern England because it's not so so racially mixed up there, but um, certainly down where we were. The, the, what, uh, what's Northern Seoul? Northern Seoul is there's a place called Wigan, which isn't very far from Manchester, and and for some reason I think they did have they had about three really great hip DJs up in the northwest that used to play a lot of black music. I think there's a famous club in manchester called something um spinning wheel or something and anyway somebody will know the history a million times better than me but um some point i think in the mid 70s or something there is no this in wigan a place called wigan casino um they started playing this these songs are all basically got the tamla motown boom chick boom chick boom chick beat and uh and people used to take speed and dance all night in really extravagant dancing. The nearest thing the British had to what came with, um, you know, with the, the hip hop kids, you know, rolling around on their heads. It wasn't as extreme as that. But uh, 
but it was uh, pretty, you know, and, and, it, and it was white boys. Uh, it wasn't, it was, there was no racist stuff in it, but I don't know enough about it because I really wasn't any knew nothing about it. I'm just filling you in. So probably edit that out. <laughs> well, I'm wondering what kind of pants were they wearing? They were wearing sort of flat. They were wearing that sort of gear, but maybe a more basic flair because they were dance. They wouldn't have high waisters because they couldn't possibly do, do the kind of dancing they were doing. Okay. And they danced for about six hours, you know, Jesus speeding up. Christ. <laughs> yeah. Remember that band that was wearing kind of like fu- funny, like kind of rural clothes in the maybe late 70s, early 80s? The Fool. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> No, uh, Dexedrine, uh, uh, that word for uh, stimulant. Come on, Eileen. That was the big song. Oh, Dexy's Midnight Runners. He's, to- he, he's totally conceptual, that guy, Kevin Rowlands. He, he, um, that, yes, that, that look was a bit Northern Soli, but not really. And then he, then he, come on, Eileen, he went on. There's a good story for you. Um, come on, Eileen, the girl that plays violin on that, you know, he had them all dressed in dungarees. <laughs> That's what it is, dungarees. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we say in Navy housing for blue jeans. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, she, Mary Bevington, that he changed her name, um, I went to see David Bowie and the, uh, do the Ziggy Stardust show with her. She was my elder sister's friend. Oh, you're talking about that last gig? No, 1973. Oh, 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 oh. Bowie do Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, I thought I thought the last gig, like he, he didn't tell the band, like he was just going to end it that night. It was in Bristol, it was in Bristol and uh, it was that tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. But how bizarre that she became really, you know, that was a very successful band now, Come On Eileen, and she was the main person in it. Oh, wow. Now, the David Bowie on Soul Train, that was Young American, right? That's Young American stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fame. fame. I think they paid uh, Jim Brown for that lick. They didn't yeah, come up yeah, with that they, lick. That's a yeah, that's rip-off, that one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want to play A Full Moon Reflected in a Can of Blue Soup. <laughs> that's a title. What pretentious cut wrote that?
see you got a red dress. I see you got high heels on. Just trying to make ends meet. You've been working it all night long. Oh, baby, I see. Heart is so broken, busted in two. You know all I do is think about you. Out in the street, under duress Oh, you're dressed to the teeth Back when I knew you I didn't know I loved you Now I can't put no one above you Back when I knew you I was resistant But after all this time you keep insisting that all you do is You say all you do is You say all you do is think about me, baby Well, I've known you since way back I've known you since way back when You could get yourself in Oh, honey, I see It's been wearing on you Your heart is so broken Busted in two You know, all I do is think about you
Like for a pill, like they seen his monsters from the slime pop. Fake on, like we can get the father's up. Civilization. Uh, in this pit pipe line, be a penny is my Bible like slave shits. No lips. Zip with the memes. As you rise, can't say shit now. Speaking to me, it's a misunderstanding, a waste of time. I'm passing records, you know it is alone, babe. Just some of the doubts and the rules stay true. One in the chamber, surrounded by angels, lovely. Big bang, and we go. Break the chains, I'm out of next slave, and you're on the fire, nation. Peace and patience, don't get it all. We still grave, build like mace. Seen as monsters, Frankenstein, father, fake on. Like we ain't the father of civilization. Carbon and cobalt, diamond electric car. Stop killing African kids, that'd be a good start. That'd be the whole world, just like a great car. Under the hood is where it all sparks ingenuity. Like the oil spill in the water in Brazil, they tryna ruin me. Companies by seducing me. Papers and languages that don't represent the truth you seek. But send you on your way comfortably to the grave where you still gotta pay the late. On the grounds where your grandmama's mama slave. Lies and fears cannot run, love the truth. And everything under the sun in the spotlight on the universal stage. Amalgamation of color. Even to like how we look at using each other's experience more so than like, you know, uh, uh, you know, focusing on that divine call to like real life, be connected to this universe and create for it. So like downsides of being killed, you know, that's a form that's one of the greatest forms of pollution. Hey, Moorish Michelangelo, we walk like astronomers, don't got the G digital, European critics who you shit my memory's boobs. Still relics to open museums, DFI by Griots posted like Basquiat in the halls of hope. Mother nigga, Negro Naga, King Cogging himself before they were ever settlers. Funky fly like bird feathers in an alley, piss splatter on my shoes like paint on my jealous. Replicas remain some social classes ahead of you. Tell devils your secrets so they can try to get rid of you. Can't get rid of y'all, nah. It's, a, it's not, you wasting, like, it's like, it's like, it's like, you built a phone just to kill a black person, you know? Like, the number one source of communication, you know? And what you're doing here is of, of immense, immense importance. Because this generation will determine the life or death of the African people. Carbon and cobalt. 
Diamond electric car, stop killing African kids, that'd be a good start. That'd be the whole world, just like a great car. Under the hood is where it all sparks ingenuity. Like the oil spill in the water in Brazil, they tryna ruin me. Companies by seducing me. Papers and languages that don't represent the truth you seek. Message you on your way comfortably to the grave where you still gotta pay the late. On the grounds where your grandmama's mama slave. Lies and fears cannot run, love the truth. And everything under the sun in the spotlight on the universal stage. Amalgamation, a color of this skin is both for the all and the earth. Y'all made Even to like how we look at using each other's experience more so than like, you know, uh, uh, you know, focusing on that divine call to like real life, be connected to this universe and create for it. So like, down to us being killed, you know, that's a form, that's one of the greatest forms of pollution. Hey. More it's Michelangelo, more walk like astronomers Don't got dizzy digital, European critics who You should shut my memory's boobs Still relics to open museums, DFI by Griots Posted like Basquiat got in the halls of hove Modern nigga, Negro, Naga King cocking himself before they were ever settlers Funky fly like bird feathers In the alley, piss splatter on my shoes Like paint on my jealous Replicas remain some social classes ahead of ya Tell devils a secret so they can try to get rid of ya can't get rid of y'all, nah. It's, a, it's not, you wasting like, it's like, it's like, it's like, you built a phone just to kill a black person, you know? Like the number one source of communication, you know? And what you're doing here is of, of immense, immense importance. Because this generation will determine the life or death of the African people.
full moon reflected in a can of blue soup. Then we heard the numbers band, 15, 60, 75, within stride, brand new. Thank you, uh, Harvey, for that. Uh, Ruba Avua, Doris Plumas. Thank you for telling Andrea for that. Laura Silver, Rising Comet. Well, Laurie Silva, maybe that's how you pronounce. Thank you, Fidelo. Stay for that. Alessandra Novaga, uh, Dara Marikanish, Soldat, also for Stay. Bomas Brendan, Prelude. Thank you, Steve Wall, for that. Uh, some stuff, unheard uh, stuff, or, or rarely heard. Also, I got turned on to Kim Cooper Complex with uh, Petite Deja Vu. Orthotonics, painting. Thank you, Bill. One of the Bowman's Prendon Associates. Painting. And then uh, from Italy, Quiet Pig. With Cock Rock City, Everybody Do the Dick Round. Yeah, well, we know that one, right? And Guided by Voices, brand new record. Bob Pollard. Stops and Company, his band. I should mention. <laughs> Doug and Mark and stuff. Uh, Nap Nappy Nappa, his uh, solo album, Angles of Light. And finally, Gary Sager, take off your wig and let the kissing begin. So this album, yeah, let's talk about this album. The last album you came on and talked about, it was kind of part of a, tr a power trio, right? Hungry Ghosts? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Gareth Sagan, Hungry Ghosts, yeah. This one yeah, ain't called they? that. Sorry? This one just has your name. Yeah, because it's it's actually all the backing tracks are recorded previous to the Hungry Ghost stuff, um, mainly with a... A great guy that's been my was my right hand man for ages. He'd been the roadie for head, been the sound man for head, been the tour manager, and then in about nineteen ninety two or something, um, he started getting together uh, a little home studio, like a lot of people did about early nineties. You know, the basic computer stuff was coming in, and what I suppose people would call lo-fi recording started which was great for me because there was no record company in the world left that was going to put me in a hi-fi studio <laughs> but, so, but but didn't you have didn't you have a little experience with maybe it was virgin some big label right yeah yeah no no i, I no no i'm saying uh, something, something had I, a trippy name I, it I was like that nine albums on major labels oh okay what was it called? They, it was like this, this Beatles, uh, not Beatles, Monkeys. They were called Head. Head, 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 like that head, movie. Head. And and that was on Virgin. And, you know, they we, they paid for decent videos. And, you know, we were on a wage and all that kind of crap. But, you know, they finally realized these guys aren't going to fucking make a penny back. So dropped we were. And um, low-refi low recording is here I come. So, um this great guy, Jonathan Seal, started building up his own little home studio and I would pester him all the time to get around there and do stuff. And that start, that ended up with two albums by this band we had called Pregnant. And then I started doing this solo stuff. So a lot of this stuff is um, recordings that I'd done back then with him. 
and Douglas, who runs Creeping Bent, sort of uh, reminded me when he'd come to the end of putting out these three other albums by me, he said, hey, there's some pretty pretty good stuff in the you know trunk back there. Um, if we just uh, take it out and shine it up a bit, I think people would like that. And so, of course, for me, it's great. It's getting reviewed like it's a completely brand new album, which I don't, uh, you know, which I take as uh, great. You know, if something I did 18 years ago with a bit of polishing up, some of the tracks have been edited. It's all been remastered. A couple got new vocals on, um, but it's great. You know, I mean, it's a thing I've always loved. If you really work on a track. Ultimately, for me, it should be timeless. You know, you should never make a song that, well, this is going to sound great for the next year, next six months. You know, just make something that should be timeless. And I think that's why that great jazz that like you played at Coltrane and Monk, that's why that stuff's timeless. Although a lot of it's improvised, the basics has got a very deep compositional um, part to it. So... Uh, if you've got a very decent skeleton to hang a song on, or even you know, like lots of these are uh, instrumentals, then they'll they'll stand the, the test of time as long as you don't, you know, you don't go with the latest gimmicky drum sound of the day or something like that, which is easy to do, and I've done it. So, um, oh yeah, it happened to a Minutemen record. You know, the worst offender it seemed was that snare drum sound in the eighties. That is the one oh, I'm, God, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that's on a few head tracks that are completely a couple of great songs are slightly ruined by it, you know. Right. And it, this gated kind I of cannon one, shot kind of shit. I did one of those albums in Boston. In fact, it's, it, it was by Lowell, Jack Kerouac's hometown. Lowell. With Gun, okay. Michael, yeah. Michael Johnson, who was from the Johnson crew, that were the first guys black guys that picked up on the craft, that craft work made groovy beats. So, and there's an amazing Johnson crew track called Space is a Place, where they completely rip off the Sun Ra chant uh, and do it over a craft work beat. I don't know, I doubt you've ever heard it. It was, it was a vaguely big hit. And like, like it, it was on um, Sugar Hill. Uh, anyway, I ended up working with him and it was one of those completely bizarre scenarios where I wanted him to bring his Johnson crew craftwork stuff into it. He wanted to make a rock album because he th thought the eighties, that's where it was going. And, um, and he kind of got his way. So, which is a real pity because one day, two, two good stories in this, the studio where we were using it was a residential one. Um, uh, that, uh, I looked out the window and this guy turned up in the sort of most wrecked Chevy you've ever seen. And he got out and he's wearing chef's pants. You know, those black and white ones? Sure. The trousers you can buy. And I said, who's that? And he said, that's Jimmy Miller. Oh, wow. And Jimmy Miller was working in some tiny little studio underneath the one we were in. And I was thinking, like, that's the guy we should be recording <laughs> Two years later, Primal Scream picked him up and uh, made about got got him to record about three big hits with him. So uh, anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but so you mean some of these things go back to like yeah the early nineties eighties? 
No, 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 no. Not so, that far. Uh, okay, okay. No, not, not that far. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, well, when you say well, something's in the trunk, you know. Probably sort of Twin Towers time, 2001, yeah. Okay, so about almost 20 years. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know it would be good for me to make out. It just came out yesterday, but, you know, I, I can't lie to that fan of mine. No, that's okay. It's okay. In fact, you earned it. I think, you know, that's something. Well, it's great for me because it, it works with that last time I was on your show. You know, you can put the two track, you can put the stuff together and it completely works. It sounds like me, you know, it's different colors, it, but it's me, you know, so, um, you know, all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I have to doff my cap to Douglas, the guy that encouraged me to do it. You know, I mean, there was quite a lot of, maybe, you know, there's, there's certainly been edits and mastering stuff that makes it sound more contemporary in a way. So I can't um, deny that. You know, uh, you being a piano player, <laughs> what do you think of Thelonious Monk? I absolutely. Like, what I, Thelonious Monk is absolutely, he's, well, he's certainly my, you know, um, probably my, well, my favorite. I love Bill Evans, but, He's my favorite piano, um, jazz piano player. I, I don't know the name of any classical people, so I probably have to say my favorite piano player. You know, I know. I absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my favorite, and I just love everything about him. I love, you know, when I first heard him, I you know I was really young. I was about sixteen, and it just completely clicked with me. I didn't ever think that's a wrong note, or why is he doing that. Uh, I mean that sounds like a blow my own trumpet, but it's totally true. Uh, just feel, melody, groove, rhythm. Uh, he had his own. He definitely had his own way of doing that too. And, and, vo and, and, and voicing chords. Like, yeah, yeah, but they're they're great tunes as well, you know. And then and when he plays a regular tune, he does it beautifully. You know, it's it's, it's um, remarkable chap, really. You know. Now, you know about the nine months John Coltrane spent with him. Well, I heard you say, I, 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 I've read my history on these things, but years ago, uh, and you say John, he got off the gear at that time, but I think he started drinking pretty heavily. <laughs> he got punched at a, at a, he was with Miles and I think nodded. And backstage, Thelonious Monk was there, and he witnessed him getting socked, you know, and I think maybe even scissored him, and he said, Miles, you shouldn't have done that. This is in the Quincy Troop book. Um, and uh, here, you come and play with me. And so those nine months, he, you know, plays with him, but he also gets off the shit. And uh, he comes back, you know, for birth, uh, a different kind of blue. Uh, right? Uh, he goes, does another Europe tour with Miles, and then he does his own band. But what was trippy about when he was doing those gigs with Thelonious Monk, when it came for him to solo, Monk would stand up and start dancing. Yeah, yes, yeah. No, I, that was a thing, honestly, that was a thing as well. Once I started as a young person hearing these stories about, you know, Thelonious Monk, he would just stand on the corner all day thinking out the two, or, you know, like, sadly, in hindsight, as you get older, you realize the poor guy had. Serious mental issues. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, but the dancing's fantastic. And of course, Cecil Taylor took that up to a more extreme. <laughs> that's <course>. showbiz. 
<laughs> but but they, I got an interview with John Coltrane where they ask him about this. Like, this uh-huh. is like, yeah, right when it's happening, 1958, Augusta Bloom's talking to him, and he's like, uh, well, you know, I was busy playing. I never saw him dance. Right. <laughs> so I can't tell you. But well, one interesting... Every, every part of that is brilliant because, you know, that jazz had been typical when the, the home player took the solo, the... The piano player would be doing the changes behind him. So to just sort of say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get up and dance. Right. (laughs) There was another interesting thing in this this spiel. He says they would play a song, a minor song, but no one would ever hit the third. Right. (laughs) It was all like intent or some. There was kind of ways that he learned. What he was saying was he learned. Yeah, a lot of stuff playing with that. John Coltrane was always a student. Yeah, well, I think all great musicians are. I mean, it's 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 with sort of Monk. You know, it was a space. He, I, I heard space in his music before I heard it in Miles Davis. Yeah, you know, it was like he really did leave out the note that you're expecting, which is absolutely brilliant. You know, it is. It is. You're talking about the idea of restraint. Yeah, the space plays a melody. The space plays a melody in your head. You know, you play, you hear that note. You know, so it's it's it's. You yeah. know, in, in the classical world, Eric Satie had sort of done it, and um, Monk just did it in a whole different idiom, probably unaware of Satie, I'd imagine. Well, the other side of that uh, record you did with Slits, where they say silence is a rhythm too. Yes. <laughs> well, Ari was Ari, Ari was a great philosopher to her credit. I mean, she was very, very sort of influenced by Jamaican Rastafarianism and stuff. But she picked out her own little things and was a very smart thinker. And it's a real pity that's not being um, taken up more because it also had a bit of sort of what, what the average person would think, like Monk, is a bit crazy. But if you know, if you listen closely. And she spoke in a German patois. So, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty unique in itself. Oh, yeah, her ma. That's right. No, no, no. Well, her mom was German. But, but you know, when I first met Ari when she was about 15, and she had a very strong German accent because all she spoke to was her mom. They'd only been in England a couple of years. And then the next thing was she met all these dub reggae artists that she loved and rasters. And she just took up their their um, way of speaking. So she did, you know, she ended up speaking with a German Jamaican accent. <laughs> That's a trip. Yeah, yeah. And it was sort of musical in its own way. And, and, uh, but, uh, and, you know, she went and lived, she had her twins with this Jamaican guy and she went out and lived there in Kingston and just got totally immersed in it. Uh, uh, I mean, that silence is a rhythm too, is a, is a, is, an argument against word, you know, the word being the beginning of, you know, the biblical stuff. So, uh, yes. yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, December 15, 2020 edition. Peter Pedro's special guest, Gareth Sager. Hold tight for hour two. <laughs> December 15, 2020, second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
faith with Drew, mumbling like a couple of fools together. Together. Our friends are gonna be dead. We'll fake friends in our heads together. Together. Staring at the TV, holding hands. In our pants together Together I'm gonna love you Till your dying day I'm gonna love you Till you're old and gray Deaf and dumb and come what may Together 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 Rage and curse Get beaten up by the nurse Together Together We'll take away our keys We can't drive cars We'll be entertained by dancing with the stars Together Together Even though we're old I'll love you hard You'll bury my Viagra Out in the yard Together Together, I'm gonna love you till your bones are weak. I'm gonna love you till the veins show through your cheek. Tell a story takes a week. Together, together, I'm gonna love you till you die your day. I'm gonna love you till you're old and gray. Death and torment come up may together, together, together.
Here we go. Yeah, yeah. A lot for Pedro. So we start off the uh, yeah, second hour. Gary Sager, quick fix, short attention span, man. <laughs> now, <laughs> what are you about? <laughs> well, the span, you guys call wrenches spans. Uh, yeah. No, spanners, yeah, yeah, spanners. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Well done. Okay, I'm learning. And and boots and windscreens and uh, bonnets. <laughs> yeah, all the well, almost all that's the really impressive. You know that. Well, all the parts of the car are almost even spelled tire yeah. with a Y. Hey, you like this one on um, which album? Uh, La- La- Juicy Rivers album. Yeah. Uh, that has a great line in it where it says it's. Uh, uh, it, it's a quote from um, you know uh, people looking for wanted partners, and this and one of the lines is um, something like "Jock the bagpipe player, everything under the bonnet is working." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David Yao told me some joke. What's under the the kilt? Your wife's lipstick. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> is that a good one? It's a great one. I've okay. never heard that. What do you find don't under us? Yeah. Don't tell it to Mark Stewart. We're here for the next eight years. <laughs> yeah. And that's what she said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, some guy in Germany, some, some guy in Berlin told me that he knows a guy who was working for him as an assistant had to quit because the jokes were like driving him insane. <laughs> The one joke. The, the one joke, yeah, the joke. <laughs> the joke. <laughs> and we had Dixa Iso Prala from San Bennett, Tokyo. Hamelon Trial with Together. The Brute Force from Jerome Parker Wells in St. Louis. From South London, Pineapple Empress with the King of Rings. And nearby there, Mint Douche was smoking fucking wild or smoking fucking world. They left out vows. Finally, Gareth Sager with the drug slug with kangaroo blood. So, 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 <laughs> uh, let's get back to this out beer. <laughs> now, uh, what do, do, do uh, your, your buddy, he, he gave you all these little. What do you say over there? Bits and bobs. That's it. Bits and bobs. No, we we worked on them back in the day, and then I listened through them a lot. And there's there's even there's some. Then Douglas, the guy that runs Creeping Bent, yeah, sort of picked through. There's some tracks that aren't. Believe it or not, that there is quality control. There's some tracks that aren't on it, and some I would have wanted on, but he didn't. So um, then we went through them. I decided of ways of tidying them up. All you put me through, my great friend Davey Henderson, who was in this amazing band called the Fire Engines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, band yeah. called Win, Nectarine Number 9, I played with a bit. Is that he the is Hungry me- Wolf guy? I mean, Hungry Sorry? Ghost, Hungry Ghost guy? He sings on He sings on a couple of tracks on that, yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... Uh, he um, has been singing that all me all, all all you put me through song in it live occasionally for the last twenty years, so I thought it was a great chance to put him on it, and uh, so we did that, and he sang it absolutely beautifully. I mean, it's 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 great because to his credit, 
he was the one that actually pointed out to me what a good song it was. So, because um, he started doing it live with his bands and stuff. And um, so that was a great sort of little payback thing to sort of say, well, why don't you get it in the studio? And it's, it's you know, it's had a decent bit of play on BBC over here. So it sort of promote, you know, keeps him in the loop because, you know, with this shutdown thing, you know, us lower, lower league acts, you know, it's hard. <laughs> you ain't lower <laughs> league to me. Uh, yeah, well, it's just been hard for us to do. We're not the sort of guys to have home studios and stuff. So um, it was great to get him in on that. He went to one of his friend's home studios and we put the vocals on. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it's great because I, I, for me, it's always, there's no linear way in anything I've done. Like, I think probably when I talked to you about the piano, you know, I've been doing that since before anything else. And if you everybody listens to the first pop group album, Savage Sea is just me playing piano with Mark. You know, this was a height of, you know, it wasn't even post-punk by then. So, um, which of course I felt was a real punk act to sort of do a, you know, play solo piano. <laughs> but there, there, there's some, there's some ocean sounds. There's some, there's lots of stuff. There's a harmonium in there. I just saw a harmonium in a, a junk shop around here and I was so tempted to buy it. But, you know... It just takes up space, but uh, it's a very amusing thing in the in the junk shop. It said electric organ. <laughs> <laughs> the big harmonium player was uh, Nico, right? That's what she played at her yeah. gigs. Yeah, you know, I was I was very close to Nico, so I ha I've had Nico play um, her harmonium in my uh, flat, but she didn't have a big proper one like that. This is this is she had an, an Indian one that you you know initially, and then Patty Smith bought her one. Because she got Nico's one that she first got, which was a hand pump one, got stolen. Oh. And so she did end up playing one with foot pumps. But on Savage Sea, I am playing the one that I bought at 18 years old that's got foot pumps. Um, so, yeah, no, there's, there's that. I think there's some of my Ornette Common violin playing on it. So you're right, it's not a solo piano thing, but compared to... Um, Oh, yeah, sort of band and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but see, you know, to me, you guys were validation that it was a real movement. It wasn't just a fucking trendy thing. Of course, that, that, and that, that, to be really honest, Mike, that's been my big shock with this re-release of the Y um, album and remastered. I was a little bit shocked that it was not being acknowledged quite in the light that you see it. That, like, people don't seem to... People give a lot of credit to public image, which to me is still sort of quite straight rock music. Um, very heavy color sounds and stuff. Credit to them. And of course, you've got Johnny Rotten, who was very, very famous and poignant at that time. But musically, you know, the Gang of Four at the same time as the pop group. Yeah. Give me a break, man. I know, yeah. I know, I know. Really, I want to play Hippie Mama Run Away and Hide in a yeah. Wigwam. <laughs> Hippie 
Starting off that chunk of music, we had Gareth Sager, Hippie Mama Runaway and Hiding a Wigwam. Then Good Fuck with What Day Is It? Mom Tells Me from Waku Waku Kingdom. Sorry. Ear Diorama Ear with Ide 2D22010. <laughs> That's a title. Over from Troopa Troopa. They're from Danzig. And finally, Gareth Sager with Scar Repairs for Lonely Moths. Justice. No justice. I, I know there's no justice, but it just seems to me, if you stuck around as long as people like you and I have, yeah. uh, the sort of truth would out. And it's just, I've just never understood. I accept that people like the Gang of Four and Joy Division make much more um, easy, more commercial type stuff, but for a sort of um, step forward into the void and... Uh, you know, opening up new channels, why is kind of unbeatable. Yeah, you know? and, absolutely. Uh, and I say that not in any, you know, I'd be the first one. The whole point is it is punk because we didn't know how to play. We were just saying, this is what's out there, you know, and, and, and go out and explore. And, you know, of course, I know there's more experimental music. I'm completely aware of that. But, you know, being part of that movement, which we very much were, um, it's just that, uh, you know, I've, I've taken it on the chin now like a man, so I can... Uh... <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you know, the reality on the dealio was, yeah, what's it going to be about? Is uh, Taking stuff into your own hands, in, you know, your situation there in Bristol, and you guys were still teenagers. I thought you were hard <laughs> chargers, man. You know, because to me, that the big whatever... Antithesis was was the fucking arena rock, you know, and yeah. club rock in smallness and, and being able to put on music where you could take chances, where you could make your band a Petri dish mm. and experiment with it instead of going well, through well, all the tropes and the fucking cliche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that, that was the, the um, to his credit, I think two people, uh, John Rotten and Mark Perry were the instigators that sort of implied go out and do what's kind of individual to you yeah but sadly everybody just so many people just ended up doing this very you know corny sort of copyist stuff you know so um absolutely mark perry he's the alternative television guy right that's right yeah no he's a he's a brilliant guy and i he's love a, those records how yeah, much yeah, longer yeah. uh he was a real, spe he is a real special guy. He's still, he's still going. He was one of those guys that sort of, um, you know, care. You know, he's sort of. I think he's a sort of care nurse from very early on, and just carried on doing it. And um, you know, he 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 sort of knew that sort of music was only going to be some sort of funny kind of luxury for him, and he was actually going to um, find something that. Uh, He's a great guy, Mark. He's a great guy. He's got great taste. And he also had that magazine, right? Yeah, that's not... They weren't quite so much my cup of tea, but um, I think Barry Adamson's quite an interesting guy. Barry, the, the bass man? 
Yes, yeah, yeah. I saw he him with Magazine when that the, the singer quit the Buzzcocks and made a band called Magazine. Yes, yeah. He played the whiskey. It was right around when Bruce played with we, Slits. Right, well, we supported Magazine, the pop group. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. It, ha it had like the Susie guy and... Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who died way too young, right? He was re a really good player. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, they, they, they certainly, but they were just much more rock, you know, and sort of in a, to his credit, he had very interesting lyrics. And um, I love that first Spiral Scratch, Buzzcocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where he's singing instead of uh, Pete, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, 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 I love that. That's a great album. I got to great. meet the guy, Richard Boone, their uh, manager guy. Uh, yeah, Richard Boone ended up working for Rough Trade. Um, I think he, he, even at the time when um, the pop group did How Much Longer, I think Richard had started working there. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, redhead. Or yes, what, right. Oh, or what they, what, what they call him, uh, Ginger over there. Ginger, yeah. Ginger Keezer. I, I found out that's why that drummer man is called Ginger Baker, because of his hair. Yeah. I, I never knew. I never knew. <laughs> you thought it was something to, something to do with bread, did you? <laughs> of course, I'm an idiot. Slow learner, what? We're at the end of the second hour, December 15, 2020, Dishwap Pico Show. Ginger Rogers comes from her being a redhead. Is that right? I would have thought so. Oh, well, fuck. The only thing new is you finding out about it, what? Anyway, special guest Garrett Sager, hold tight for our... Yeah. Secret True Detective. This is quite an angry Scotsman. Is oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, December yeah. 15, 2020. It's yeah. the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats.
me a slap.
Beaver Show started off the third hour with Those Sons of Witches Were Too Tightly Wrapped from Gareth Sager. Another umbrella with funk in the big city. Whatever. For music with my insane friend. And finally, All You Put Me Through, Gareth Sager. We've got two hours to spend, right? Burrito, huh? Yeah. Is there any light at the end of the tunnel for you doing gigs? Uh, yeah, but 
it's it's a long ass tunnel. <laughs> okay, we start off those sons of witches were too tightly wrapped. Right. Now th- there is some, you know, you would have said sons of bitches and, and but we 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 do say about people that are wrapped a little too tight. What we yeah. say what we say is wound. Wound. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, I think I this is a crazy thing I do with words. I I kind of get it all wrong. I'm sort of mildly <laughs> Not all wrong, but you know, you're in the ballpark. <laughs> I think it is wound. I think you're right, but uh, poetically, I decided tightly was going to be. Um, and it's like a guy. I couldn't remember wound at the time. Well, the way we use it here, it's a guy who seems like he has it together, but you can tell he's just yeah. ready to fucking go off. You know, we, you know, that's a great, great description of the majority of English. But I had a great New York friend who was a. Very much too tightly wound, so uh, it's maybe maybe a little hint at him in that. So, so it's maybe we were talking about the war years, like walking around a minefield, <laughs> like you don't know when the motherfucker's gonna pop, you know. So yeah, uh-oh. a wee bit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you, you just know they're holding something in, you know, that is really unhealthy for them, really unhealthy for them. <laughs> right. You know, let it out for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know? I mean, even if, if it hurts us, it's better out than what the fuck it's held doing to you inside, you know. Festering so, and, yeah, incubating yeah. and shit. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so t- tell me about, I mean, these tunes, when they were sitting in the trunk, they didn't uh-huh. have titles, right? Sorry, say that again? When these tunes were sitting in that trunk from 20 years uh-huh. ago, they, they didn't have titles. So what, what's the process? No. <laughs> Well, unbelievably, and this sounds like I'm completely making it up, and if there's other people with it, but this great chap, mate of mine, Jonathan Seal, that's the co-producer on this, he found a load of lyric notes that he'd hung on, this sort of thing, I, you know, I'll go out the studio and leave everything behind, including my underpants. So um, he, had, he had not picked up my underpants, but he's picked up the lyrics I left behind. And... Um, and there was a list of different things, different lyrical ideas, because sometimes I work like that, I just have a whole sheet in front of me and take what seems to be best at the time. And uh, I think the majority of those titles are taken from a few of these lyric sheets. Okay. Uh, quick, short attention, quick fix, short attention span man is actually part of the lyric in that song. Um. So in a way, they are kind of about what they're about. They are, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no, it, it's scar repairs for lonely moss is a lyric. Uh, high wasters, it has a lyric on another version, and that 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 is a lyric. So I'm not sort of dodging and diving as quite quite as much as it looks, and um. And on Hippie Mama, I, although I'm using one of those terrible uh, voice things, I do actually sing Hippie Mama, Run Away and Live in a Wigwam, which <laughs> I'm so old, I know people that did do that. <laughs> well, I was told like that area just west of Halifax, where that Salberry Bridge and Hebron Bridge and all that was all abandoned textile stuff and hippie people moved into there in the 70s. I oh, know the real area is 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 South Wales. Um, that's where they, there's actually people called the Wigwam people, the TP people they're called. 
and they a hippie movement bought a load of teepees and lived in Wales in the teepees. Jesus, must have been cold yeah, as a I, motherfucker. That, that, that's that's 100% genuine, well known. And I think they sort of had a leader guy um, and, and they, you know, they were, and certainly um, the pop group played Glastonbury in 1979 and I think the TP people were there. But they certainly were, after we played Glastonbury, two days later, us and the Slits went and played Stonehenge. And this was Stonehenge, not the Spinal Tap Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> but Stonehenge, before it had the fences around it, so you literally... Right, right, you could go up there. But they had a free festival that was put on, and this was when, by this point, Mark Perry, Alternative TV had hooked up with this very, very extreme hippie band called Here and Now, who's one of the main guys ended up being the sound man for the four for years and years. And another guy called Kif Kif um, was part of a great band called World Domination, which you just may have heard of. But, um, Not really. But I remember he had something called the Good Missionaries. Yeah, yeah, no, that's Mark Perry. But that, that, that's, he hooked up with this super... As ATV, they hooked up with this super hippie band called Here and Now okay. that had access to the Stonehenge Free Festival, and they invited us there to go and play. And um, and because we just done Glastonbury, we did go over there, and that's where all you know people must have photos of it, but nobody used to take photos back in the day. So you had this festival that was a load of the TP people, so you could have got a shot of Stonehenge. There's something like 40 teepees sent up. Hell's Angels, the British Hell's Angels, and, uh, you know, the first bunch of those um, hippies that let their kids wear dreadlocks. And they had a tiny little put-up stage. And I always remember going up on stage, and I think me and Ari went up, a couple of other people, and there were literally four-year-old kids on the side of the stage smoking big spliffs. <laughs> Oh, I think our set lasted about six minutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's true. No, no, I'm not doubting it. I mean, you know, truth be told. That, that I want was to... a heavy scene, I'll tell you that. Yeah. TP people at Stonehenge. TP people. I want to play my little brother in a family way. Oh, yeah.
Kiyobe has lost his taste for this place. And the rules clearly state. But in these kind of cases, he'll blow away and leave a few permanent on his face.
Last music for this edition, my little brother in the family way from Kara Sager let it off. Then number one from Talam, Tatsuya Nakatani. Number one's a title. <laughs> Not a lot of imagination. Probably his first one they did together. Next episode, we do number two, huh? And then Groove Crater Method. That's a name. Brother Phil has several projects, but this is uh, one he used for Coincident 25. And which version? Well, it's the No Wave Desert Landscape version. Gareth, tell me about irony. I mean, the kinks and stuff are quite ironic. Yeah, right. That, know, that Preservation Council kind of shit. He was... Yeah, well, back to follower of fashion is most definitely an ironic lyric. And, and the is, one one with my name in it, David Watts. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. But, um, you know, that's just a... My one is just, like you are saying, you know, like, how can a brother be in the family way, man? <laughs> What's it called? Know, it's you called know. euphemism, right? You because you don't yeah. want to say the real thing, <laughs> right? You say the bathroom, yeah, a little, a very small tub. <laughs> no, it's, 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 uh, the restroom, yeah, not a lot of rest. <laughs> it, it, it's got good lyrics, that song. But over in Europe, this first time I saw water closet. Oh yeah, this is where we store oh, the yeah, water. <laughs> The water closet. This ain't the shitter, right? This ain't the pisser. This is the water closet. <laughs> so, they're not, they're, you know, they're, they're in, in, believe it or not, in Britain now, they're all unisex the toilets now. Yeah, which I would yeah, have never thought you could do, you know, like in a, a coffee shop where sort of over 70s people go, you got to yeah. use a sex toilet. Okay. Probably Revolution, was like. <laughs> Revolution is in the WC. Well, you know what? It was probably that way a long, long time ago, you know. I think the oh. segregation thing was just a brief blip. You said the dung heap to go on. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah. Out the fucking hatch, out the window. So well, that was that's why London stunk so much and that's where all the plagues came from. People literally threw their shit out. Yeah, of right. Oh man, and people say the good old days. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like my great friend Joke so Scott says they're the good old days because they're good and gone. <laughs> That's it. Totally. Take that one. I like so, it. You got a brilliant friend. Brilliant. That's the word. Uh, do you have uh, stuff still in the trunk? Uh, the trunk's pretty bare. <laughs> so, so the next record's going to be have to be new stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, the new stuff is is the thing I'm really I'm. I would have hoped that sort of in six months I would have been talking about that, but I've been in the studio three times this year. There's been lots of stuff I've been able to do by people doing it in their homes and stuff like that. And um, so I'm not going to be too, but I've got a really shit hot album um, in the oven. Whoa. This is, uh, yeah, this is a, this is a motherfucker. Whoa. So, uh, and yeah, so, uh, what I really need to get is somebody who's got a tiny bit of money. That finding anybody in the whole of Europe with a tiny bit of money is going to be virtually impossible because I sort of know I can get it to a certain degree, and then I probably need somebody else to get involved. 
So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. But it's great. It's great. It's, you know. Yeah, but if you got to start, man, I mean, that's happening. Todd Rogren says, if you can get to 60 in the music business, then it's freewheeling all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> Him and his millions in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lady was playing bass for him. I met him in St. Louis once after a gig. He came said hi. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. I think he's got a studio up in Woodstock, right? No idea. I just know he yeah. lives in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Got, I think so. He, but. He's got such hardcore fans, including my great friend Ian that plays in The Hungry Goes, uh, that he just puts on gigs and he just can perform any part of his career and he'll sell out the gig. Whoa. They all come to see it, you know, whether it's the love songs or the prog rock, you know, he's got that incredible fan base where they come out for anything. You know, why couldn't somebody like Orson Welles have something like that? You, you read about their story and it's tragic. Yeah. Well, he probably did that thing. He probably fell out with a lot of the wrong, right people, you know, in the right places. I read it. He said something once where he said, I, I have an unfortunate personality. Well, you see, <laughs> I have learned that. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I'm not the same like that, but I, I, I don't toady up to the right people. That's always been my problem, you know, and being fucking unsuccessful and kind of commercial. But, um, you know, you know, if you speak to the certain right people in the right place, you maybe go to dinner with the right people in the right place. Um, it can help. Yeah, well, you you think there's a shortcut? Oh, there's no shortcut. Okay, there's no shortcut, but but there's ways of making it easier in certain certain places. There's no shortcut. God, I'm the greatest example of that. <laughs> You're talking more about shooting yourself in the foot. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, and I, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's taken this long. That I genuinely think the stuff that I'm, you know, it's great to do the solo album. It's great to have people like you recognizing that. Yeah. There's, there's, I told you last time. I, there's another piano album I recorded at Abbey Road, so I've got to get that out. Um, that's a quartet hear. album. That's got bass, cello, and saxophone on it. Wow. Not played by me. Thank God. And, um, <laughs> so that's that's beautiful that album. But you're still uh, playing sax, right? Well, I don't think you call it playing sax. What I do, I know mean, I've stuck to my um, punk ethic with the saxophone. <laughs> okay. that's, that's the one thing I absolutely refuse to learn. You know, the um, sadly with the guitar, I sort of know a few chords now and a few scales, but. Uh, Saxophone, no, I'm absolutely it. Uh, moving air. You're no. just moving air. It's all emotion, yeah, yeah. yeah it's all yeah. sad, which it always is anyway, you know. You, you know all what? Happens. When you get down to it, you're exactly right, Gary. Yeah, that's it. you just got to have the balls to admit that, you know, you can move sound in this way and it's not. I heard uh, we, the pop group, Reform Pop Group, did a gig in Iceland in a, an amazing concert hall. And John Grant was playing with the classical orchestra at the same evening. And I heard this trumpet player tuning up. And I don't think I've ever heard a purer note in my life. And it sounded shit. (laughs) 
shows to go you. <laughs> that sounds awfully convoluted. It's going to. <laughs> well, on that note, I have to say. <laughs> Miles What's, Davis doesn't play very many pure notes. I have to tell you that. No, you know? no. In fact, yeah. he he liked to mute it a lot of the times, right? And things slur. When you hear a pure note by a classicist, it's it's like none of us punk rock. You know, it's like what a guitar. You know, all these bands like Muse or Coldplay, they put their guitar through the guitar tuner, and they go, "Oh, it's it's gone blue. It's in tune." What's it? <laughs> tune with you know tune with a little fucking batteries get tune with life baby yeah well that you know props right human beings and their props to make sure that they're aware they're alive well I'm I am pretty sure with rock music let's just call it that that the the not perfect tuning is the absolutely all the great Iggy tunes, all the great Stones tunes, they're none of them are in tune. You know? <laughs> Not by classical standards. Nowhere near it. <laughs> no. No. And that's the beauty of it, because notes are blending into each other. Yeah, absolutely. Not, and that's what, when you digitalize these things, when the CDs first came out, it sounded so horrific. Yeah, flat. Yeah. Yeah, terrible. So a bit of a run there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I can't wait to hear this new record. Somehow it's got to come out and uh, yeah. come back on the show. Well, you get anything. This piano record, I'd love to hear this quartet. Well, I I, I, I know we're not, you're not editing, but I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you as um, a file. So uh, Okay, thank you so much. And it's always inspiring, man. You always get me lit every time I hear you talk about music. I'm ready to go at it as soon as we get done here. Thanks for being on. And can't wait till next time, Gareth. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So amazing to know there's somebody out there doing what you're doing. It's absolutely, you know, whether it's seeing you play with Iggy or, you know, telling you you're doing five shows a week. I mean, like that, you know, as you say, people you have never heard of, that's, that's absolutely fantastic, man. You know, Doff my capture. Oh. Is that English or American? <laughs> Doff. <laughs> Doff. French, I think. <laughs> I like French. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Gareth, truly. Yeah. People, it's been a December 15, 2020 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>